Let's meet the man who puts that little ringing in your ears. It's, it's roommate from hell. And I'm Nick, co-writer. And here is Tim, co-writer. Hello. And we're talking to Levi. We need a, we always say your title yeah, in what's your terms title? of editing, sound design, and mix. We need a title. So what I put on my resume yeah. <laughs> is just sound designer. That doesn't always mean that the sound designer is mixing. It doesn't always mean that they're editing. But for me, it feels more like what I'm doing most of the time. That is the essential function. Right. Oromancer. I like that. If it weren't so like, Chief Ninja at (laughs) Zoomy.com. I mean, you did. It's pretty cool. When you came to me, you were like, we want to sound guru. Yes. (laughs) So we are here to talk about the sound guruing that you who do the guru that you do <laughs> so well. Tell me about you were you're talking about the sound design being the thing you spend the most time on. Yeah. What is the breakdown on a typical say one of our like five minute episodes? What does it look like from the moment we? Oh well, no, because you're there when we record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's part of it. Yeah. So I mean, Jesus, like I was like trying to calculate the amount of hours I did for. For Groundhog Cray, because mm. that episode nearly killed me. I also like got sick during it, and there yeah. was like a bunch of other shit happening. That like it's a cursed episode. I was that was amazing. We had we recorded part of it in a closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two or three different locations at least. Yeah, maybe three. That I also <laughs> had to make sound the same. Yeah, or at least like not super noticeable. That <laughs> it was different microphones, different rooms. But I mean. That was probably from recording to the whole thing being put together, like maybe 60 or more hours. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we record in huge chunks, multiple episodes, Mm -hmm. right? Last time it was like two eight hour days. Yep. And then from that, I'll sit down with one of you or both of you and we'll go through all the takes, especially for the longer ones. Sometimes Natalie and Serena like really nail an episode in just a couple of takes. And so I'll just edit those because it's so easy. And editing, you know, that'll take for a five minute episode, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or something. And this is different. Like I'm more precious with things like this than like editing a chat show like we're doing now. For me, like an hour of tape I can cut in, you know, a couple hours. Mm -hmm. But I really want to choose the best moments from every take. And so I'll choose a sentence from four takes down to put into a take that was like the first take and yep. then this one like groan or something I really liked. Depending on how the recording went, you know, the editing can take more or less time. But the sound design, definitely. The other day I spent like a good 20 minutes making like seven seconds of the sound of a lamp being rubbed and a genie <laughs> popping out, which, you know, had somebody aggressively sucking in some hookah. <laughs> that sound was in there. We, I had a fuse of a firecracker in there, regular fire, and then a fireball. Where's Zala? Right here. Ten thousand years I've been working on that legacy deck, and now you say we're playing modern. You know, a minute of audio mm-hmm. can take 30 minutes if given the, the complexity of the action. You're doing some Foley and you're also using sound effects, mm-hmm. mostly from SoundSnap? Yeah, so I mostly use SoundSnap for the bulk of things. Just a beautifully large 
sound library where you could just type in whatever from different types of footsteps to different types of cloth sound to fireballs and shit. Here and there, I'll create my own sounds with this very recorder we're recording on now and, you know, whatever, shove some effects on it. But so far, SoundSnap has been like my bread and butter. So for the Foley, I know that that includes you've done some of the witch sounds mm-hmm. uh, with your girlfriend, Caitlin, <laughs> yeah. for all of them witches. Hop on your broomsticks and get out of here. Claire, keep an eye on them. But they're out of control. I need to finish the screen. <laughs> Yeah, other things are just like different types of thuds. They've been pretty easy, but sometimes I, I get paranoid that people are going to be like, that's the same sound from right. from Groundhog Cray the, now in, you know, all them witches. Uh-huh. And then like, I feel like I'm cheating the audience for some reason, even though they probably would never know. There's definitely like certain cases where I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. If you put together a complex sound effect, or of course, sometimes we do it on purpose. We have at least two episodes where B needs to transform and right. change uh, shape. Right. And so there is a sound to that. But where are you going to wear that uh, work? It's a little matronly. <laughs> matronly. How about this? I meant the dress, not the body. That's specifically warm weather. It's satisfying to hear like, aha, that's just like in that other episode where she changed right. her shape. Now I understand what that sound means. Right. Even when it's not essential to understanding the scene, it, it adds this other dimension that you know what, yeah. what's happening There's in the background. consistency. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that has been cool to be like, yes, this spell <laughs> is now canon. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like this. Mm-hmm. And then also it's easier for me because I can just go back in that yeah. section and pull it out. What went into that transformation sound? What's What are its layered oh, in Oh, that was one of my favorites. So, um, Which episode was that? This was the, the changing room episode introducing Natalie. For that change, I wanted it to be kind of visceral, but also like sort of cartoony magical. Mm-hmm. And so I first searched for like a sort of ethereal whooshing kind of like spell sound. And I think it, there, there's some like you know, bass in there, like a, a thing is happening and it's sort of affecting the space. And then on top of that, there's multiple bone cracking sounds of like, okay, yeah, something like really gnarly is happening. And then there is also the uh, fleshy sound. It's kind of like, uh-huh. I think there's even like a little fire in there because a lot of the B effects, I like there to be like a hint of fire. Uh-huh. That makes sense. I love that stuff. Like, knowing that there are 10 different things going mm-hmm. yeah. on that combine uh-huh. into this one new sound that no one's heard before. Yeah. Because we have to represent something that's you're not going to get on fully. Right. And for each one, like the shifting that happens each time is different. And I try to oh make it. Oh, my God. You, you, those are different sounds each time. Well, a little bit. It's the same ethereal sound. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the same wishing right. fire, but the flesh and bone I change. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I also make it shorter or longer depending on whether, in my mind, the character, she turns into a man. Uh-huh. That's a bigger person. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a longer sh- uh, shape change. Yeah. There's more bone crushing and maybe it's even a little thicker sounding or like something like that. This is bullshit. How about this? That's really interesting. Do you like note this stuff or is it something that's intuitive that happens while you're 
putting the soundscapes together. A lot of it happens with, okay, what is the bass sound that I want? Yeah. For example, like with the shape change, I know I wanted visceral bone and flesh. So I look at bone and flesh and then I'll look for, you know, ethereal sound or blah, blah, blah. And I'll gather multiple of those Mm -hmm. that I think could work. And I'll start building up one at a time, one that's like, I need that sound in there. And then next I'm like, okay, I also like this sound. How does it interact with that Mm -hmm. other sound Mm -hmm. that I already have in there? And so it really does like build on top of each other to finally make something that's cohesive. And sometimes it just really doesn't work or there's a sound that I really like individually and it just doesn't work in the whole. And that's always like, you know, a kill your darlings. And I'm like, it's, it's, or it's like something that's too distracting. Cause like uh, in a lot of it, like I, I don't want anything to be distracting from the writing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think number one, like bad sound design or bad audio of any kind is if the audience is distracted by it, then you've failed. Right. Yeah. Which is often really tough because you're also, you have a bigger job than someone who's doing fully for say a movie Mm -hmm. who they're adding something, but all they need to do is make you believe those horses hooves you already see mm-hmm. are there by also making them make more sound. Yeah. You have to invent the horse. Yeah. Like <laughs> we, we're not going to yeah. see a horse. I haven't until invented a horse yet. Not yet. There's no horse. Oh, yeah. There will be. Oh, okay. The dream episode. Yeah. Oh, horses right. Yeah. That. Gonna be some clippity cloppeting. Yeah, some nightmares. Yeah. Eat the cry of Santos and Burl Equine. Attend the lidless glare of the crimson eye. My thirgy finds thee. Thine struggles against the emerald chains of Chiron come to not. Lizzie, grab Chiron the- is C-H or K. That's always been a, a challenge too. And, and that's, that is stuff that goes back into the writing that yeah. Tim and I have to figure out. Have we written a scene that makes total sense if it's all there in front of you, but makes no sense? And we don't always succeed. I don't think anyone has gotten this far in the show without sometimes being like, where are we? What happened? Because <laughs> yes. we've been learning quite a lot yes. about that. But I think you do such a good job that one of the things that I hated in a few early episodes, we do some transitions where we kind of like do a whoosh because it's very hard to figure out how to show a new scene in audio. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love that. Thank you. Have, have you lived here long? Oh, Forever. (laughs) I didn't realize how visual a scene change is in everything I watch and how we have to figure out new ways to signify that something's changed. Because I go back to Hitchhiker's Guide, one of the best radio comedies of all time. There's a fucking narrator between every episode (laughs) or every scene. You do not change scenes in that show without the narrator coming in, giving a little aside, and then you know that you're somewhere else when you come in. And yet they also had to do a bunch of background sound, ambient sound, and they get to always be on a spaceship. One of the shows that I really love, Mission to Zix, we all love it. This Mm -hmm. podcast that takes place in space and there's a ship ambience that they have Mm -hmm. to throw behind the ship when they go on a planet. There's a different ambience Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And they usually, I think, do a fade in, fade out. Uh, They frequently do act breaks in between their changing. They're really in one place for like- A scene. 15, 20 minutes. Right. And I mean, like, they also have music stems. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. That they use. We we don't have a lot of those. I mean, we've we've played with it with our, like, sort of sci-fi alien episode. We had a couple of, like, X-Files-Z type sounding stems. Oh, yeah. We're fun. Hey, what are you doing? Stop. Being not moving. What? 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 
There was some, there was some discussion over whether it was a little too silly. Some well, of the music. Well, before the X Files sounds, I yes. had like a sort of very cartoony, like <laughs> yeah. drum and bass. <laughs> like, <laughs> are we testing a Casio keyboard? Yeah. I yeah. still love, I still love that song. <laughs> we'll find a place for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, you convinced me that it was just too like this is a comedy. Yeah. And I the next it, episode uh, where the aliens come back, they'll be playing a little drum. And bass. One of them will <laughs> be on like a keyboard yep. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tell me what you're doing when you're building an ambience like that, too, because uh, we've played around uh, with it in the um, narrator sections, especially, mm-hmm. which we're still figuring out what the deal is with those narrators. Yeah. They are. Right. Hello, my friend. This is getting to be a habit. Yeah, I mean, we've stopped with the, the back. At first, I was having the narrator sort of travel around to different locations right. just because mm-hmm. um, we talked about it like. You know, yeah. is the narr like because for the first episode you were like, oh, maybe the narrator's in his living room or something. There's mm-hmm. a fireplace mm-hmm. or something like that. And after a while, I was just like, you know, exploring whatever sounds mm-hmm. snap. And there's just so many like locations of like this is a cafe in Tuscany. <laughs> it's roommate from hell. It doesn't have anything to do with the episode, but. He could be in these places. Yeah, that has a nice like sympathy for the devil, the mm-hmm. Rolling Stones song uh, feel to it of I'm around everywhere and I'm with you. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. I really like that. And I want to find more ways for us to explore that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've got to figure out who that guy is, yeah. why there are a few of them, right, um, right. without stepping on uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, yeah. who just has a whole B-plot running through their narrator. <laughs> yeah. That it's amazing. I just don't, we can't steal that. No, right. no, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we'll figure something out. I think a Crypt Keeper type is the easiest analog for me because there, I mean, there's these old EC comics that are like Vault of Horror and mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt, where and each one had this crazy, like one's a Crypt Keeper, one is like a mortician, one's an old hag. So that's how I think of our narrators. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the narrator change definitely came from yeah. uh, necessity. Yeah, yep. we couldn't get into a recording studio. Yeah, and I mean, I... Didn't want to travel all the way down to yep. where Nick lives to record him because he was in bed with his back in pain. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I had had this idea previous to that where we should kill the narrator and have another narrator mm-hmm. replace him. And then the opportunity came up. So I was like, how about yeah. we just kill him? <laughs> Welcome back to Roommate. <laughs> don't tell me you don't remember me because I sure as hellfire remember you. Welcome back to Roommate from Hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he's dead. No, yeah, uh, I back. kind of like imagining him just still at the feet of <laughs> this narrator, <laughs> and like you know, the, all these tales are happening like in a pretty short span of time. Yeah. But in terms of like the ambient sounds of like 
you know, different environments and stuff. Like, take for example, for the aliens, I did have a ship ambi, which was a very rumbly, like, mm-hmm. sound. Take a good look, folks. Regular human heart, two lungs. Those lungs look good. Okay, small intestine, large intestine. Yeah, well, that's a small stomach I've ever seen. Thank you. Other things are like, B and Claire live in New York, mm-hmm. where apartments are never quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not picking up, but we can hear like a little bit of the highway right. noise. And I mean, but for the most part, and especially like, I played around with this just because like, I-, I had this action in Groundhog Cray that I wasn't able to use because we we switched around the uh, what things happen when. Mm-hmm. And I had this like sound of Claire walking up and opening a window and then the the noise outside following that window opening. Mm-hmm. So it gets louder. Yeah. And so I used that in Hangover because I imagine, okay, they're hungover. <laughs> Claire comes out of her room, walks over to the kitchen where there's a window opens that window, then she starts doing the shit in the kitchen, like filling a glass of water and stuff. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, fuck. Last night, were we hit by a truck? No, we just mixed our liquor. I've never felt sicker. Me neither. I gotta up Chuck. That really makes a space come alive, and it's like, oh, yeah, that would happen if you open a window the sound outside's going to get louder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, you've spent a lot of time in the bar in McFamins. Yeah. What does it look like? In my mind, it yeah. looks like one of my favorite bars that is now closed down. It was called Greenpoint Heights. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's not a sports bar. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like a hipster bar. No. It's just a regular ass bar. Yeah. I imagine that McFamins is a little bit divier and dirtier than... Greenpoint Heights was. Yeah. Because I imagine that B can do whatever she wants and still gets away with it, uh, regardless of health codes, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Um, yep. Yep. But, you know, you walk in. You until they need another drink. All hail Queen Beatrice. Oh, fuck me. It is I, Hezcuba Thrappens. You pretty quickly hit the bar area. Mm-hmm. Then there's a big back Calm down. Go sit in that booth and I'll send around a beers over. I make them tepid as the preacher's neck hair. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are those pilgrims your friends? Uh, this is amazing because that's how I, I mean, granted, most bars look like that, but yeah. I, that's how I imagine it. And yeah. It's, and I've never said that to you. And but, there's booths. There's yes. booths and there's tables. Yes. I imagine that there's like a booth with some tables. Like at, at Greenpoint Heights, there was that in front of the bar. But then there's a whole uh, back room, uh-huh. another area where you walk through a door, and there's like lots of booths and tables. Is there a venue space? I imagine that there's like a little stage yeah. in the big area back there. Right. And then there might even, after that, be an outdoor space. Oh, Ooh. right. Yeah. Um, in the backyard of the bar. Yeah. And so the ambience of the bar, that's also been like a challenge to put together, right? Absolutely. Like it, yeah. it turns out it's really tough to find the right bar set. It has been hard to find a bar that is moderately occupied and the recording doesn't already have music in it. Right. Yeah. Because if somebody's recording in a bar or sometimes I'll use cafe ambience, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't play music in their establishment? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And we yeah. went back and forth a lot on, about getting the music right in the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it can be very distracting and you don't want, right. you don't want it to be distracting. I, I yeah. found myself listening to the music over the scene. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is a really cool song. But then it's hard to tell because like, We've listened to the scene 20 yes. times. Right. So yeah. Of course, right. we're distracted by anything new. And 
I right. think we you ended up in a really good spot with yeah, that like totally. kind of yeah. very typical rock music and yeah. mm-hmm. sometimes metally if it's not like you said too distracting. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've really loved was one of my favorite moments also in Groundhog Cray where you built a piece of business. Like, you know, on on TV or, or in a movie, the actor needs to do a little piece of business so we're not just watching Talking mm-hmm. Heads. Right. Here we kind of are listening to Talking Heads and as B is explaining what the deal is with investigating this guy, Charlie Schmuckle, uh-huh. she makes popcorn, which you just <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> popped in there. I think you didn't even tell us before. You just stuck it yeah, in yeah. there. And I was like, this is amazing. We had built a scene with nothing for these characters to do. Right. And it just, because they're talking about something relatively serious for them, yeah. it's so funny it that B yeah. is just making it and eating a snack. So you're making the same day repeat. Like in that movie, yeah. 12 Dates of Christmas. <laughs> Why? Well, long story short, that guy comes into the bar, hangs out with Shoeless Jerry, gives him some money, and leaves. Honestly, like the apartment scenes are the hardest for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I try to make people not sound like floating heads. If if ever there's a scene where people sound like they're just floating heads, they better actually be floating heads in the script. <laughs> yeah, like, right. you know, like. Um, we'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the popcorn thing, like, I just take cues from the script. It's like, oh, yeah. he's hungry. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always looking, especially for apartment scenes. What are the actions that people are doing in that space? And I loved uh, when Claire's talking to Scott and you can hear his little mouse wheel. (laughs) Scroll wheel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, um, I'm that's me. Great. Let's take a look (gasps) aroo. It's you. We've been searching for years. I thought you were a myth. How could someone even owe this much? Wait a second. There's no such thing as a retroactive scholarship, is there? Please hold one second. Those scout scenes have also shown us some of the things we need to do to... There are cheats that we figure out you have to do, mm-hmm. which is, seems common in film and TV too, but like like over over some protestation, I had right. us do uh, a hang-up sound. Yeah. You can run, but you can't! <sighs> that doesn't happen. That's not real. No, it's yeah. not. Phones don't make a beep when they hang up, right. but like if you can't see it... Right. And sometimes I think you'll hear that stuff on TV too. I mean, you notice everyone on TV has their clicks turned on yeah. for every single keystroke. And most of us turn that shit off because yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. But on TV, yeah. you need to distract someone or like make it seem a little more active than they're looking at a screen. Yeah, it was better with the clicking sound, even though... I mean, I'm not asking to say it. I'm just saying no, that like, mean... it's, these are challenges that we have. Right. Is uh, I write some scene imagining it visually in my head yeah. and still I'm learning how like I've set up, painted us into a corner Mm-hmm. where we're going to have to audio-wise. I try to make everything pretty real, though. Yeah. Like, every movement has cloth sound. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right, you have that build um, in the Slasher episode. Mm-hmm. There's some really nice use of that, that mm-hmm. you've got these teens kind of kitted out. Right. Um, and so you're adding, basically, gestures that mm-hmm. are never there in the recording room where we're all, like, you know, focused on meeting the mic. Right. That really sells it. Fine. Caitlin, Julia, stay back. Not because you're girls, but because as a student of Krav Maga and a guy who owns a lot of knives, respectively, me and Brandon have the best chance of fighting this murderer. We're gonna die! I mean, it makes it easy when you can imagine they're wearing, like, heavy jackets and stuff. In other places, like, 
you know, McFamins or something. There's there are cloth sounds like of dress whooshes and um but it is easy when it's like, oh, this person is wearing like a leather jacket or something mm-hmm. where it's like a very obvious thing. Which is again very interesting that you have to make all these choices yeah. that mm-hmm. if you're doing fully on something that's already been shot, you're just I need to sometimes you can throw in something from off screen, mm-hmm. but you're having to make these choices that we haven't made. Right. Because yeah. we're not making costuming choices no. generally. Yeah. You're doing costuming and location scouting. One of my favorites is Claire putting on the mask. Yes. In the slasher. Because um I had I had some cloth sounds where it's, you know, you kind of hear that like the mic hitting uh-huh. the like cloth. Where it sounds like usually you try to avoid that, right? Yeah. You just want the cloth sound. But for right. this it really helped sell that, like, essentially you're now hearing it from Claire's ears, uh-huh, hitting yeah. her ears right. as this mask goes on. That's and so it's good. very, like, kind of, like, like heavy handling. Okay. Spook me up. When I get close, kill their campfire. Go scare the hell into them. In all of them witches, does B grab Surgot's shoulders when she makes the speech? Yes. Yeah. She really does just put a quick yep. thump, hand on here, <laughs> delivers it this like it's great. serious line, and then you'll hear her hand uh, come off of his shoulder after she's so. done. Do not crave to reave the night once more, Naimam. Surgot. There comes a time when the jewels cease to sparkle. When the gold loses its luster, when the throne room becomes a prison. Final lesson, when the toilet gets clogged, and it does every night, there's a two-plunger system that opens those pipes right back up. Right, you're, you're actually adding in acting mm-hmm. as well, and you're adding... Sometimes you're moving locations. For a while, we had to figure out where are B and Claire at the end of Groundhog Cray. Oh, right. um, Which was a problem when writing, too. We had rewritten that ending a couple of times of where are they? How are we getting them out there? Um, How are we cutting or not cutting? In Mm -hmm. one ending, they were B turns into a demon and they're flying. Claire's on her back. (laughs) (laughs) They're flying too much. They take the subway home. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the image of that is very funny. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, That's man. when we were still trying to figure out where we're landing with this. Is it Adventure Time? Yeah. Is it Broad City? Yeah, the Bee Demon is an interesting Yeah, you haven't thing. gotten to work with the Bee Demon yet, right? Well, in Groundhog Cray, Just a you bit. hear her a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear her transformation, which is a heftier transformation because yeah. I imagine her turning into a very large demon. Right. Lots of bone cracking, even though it's in another room. So yeah. you can't hear it as well because we're listening to it from Claire in the kitchen. Yeah. So you're hearing mainly kitchen sounds and then like a bunch of action somewhere yeah. far away. It's good. What is that thing? A devil. As if there's only one. But yeah, I mean, all of the wing sounds and stuff. Um, yeah, exploring more of, of bee demons can yeah. be cool. I want to talk lastly about uh, some of the voice work you're doing on mm-hmm. like Sorgat mm-hmm. is probably the best example of when you have to treat a voice mm-hmm. entirely. Is there any specific process? I was there for a little of figuring out Sorgat's voice and yeah. you're playing with a few different <laughs> effects. Sorgat's been super fun and also like turning quickly into one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Tim, if you want to do do your Sorgat voice... As, as it is uh, natural and naked and raw. No, I'm not your monkey puppet. 
<laughs> that is which already cracks me up. It's already great, already gravelly. Right. It's already a very fun voice to hear saying mundane things, right. which is half the joke of Surya. But also, I mean, a lot of us play a lot of different characters, and any chance I can get to make us not sound like that same character that you might have heard in a past episode, yeah. then, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity, especially if it's like an alien or a demon yeah, or whatever. 100%. Yeah, I pitched Surgot down pretty significantly, but then I also lightly pitched him up with another plugin. Mm -hmm. And so there's a weird dissonance. Uh, Naima, I have scraped the tabletops clean of crusted boogers just as you asked. We were still working on a fight scene coming up that is just not scripted. Yeah. It's it's really a hole that I left in the script and forgot to fill yep. before uh -huh. we recorded anything. <laughs> and you have just a bunch of Lego pieces yep. of our, ah, take that. And I have every confidence. That yeah, it's I mean, sound you're totally going to make it work with like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's a fight that I will just be like, oh, okay, good. Yep. That's how that fight goes. <laughs> I wrote that fight scene. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I sculpt with clay as well. I'm a sculptor as a passion. And a lot of it is just like the same. It's you have your raw material. It's just now in sound. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grabbing a lump of this, shoving it onto that mm -hmm. and creating like a, you know, a hole. All right. Thank you so much for talking to us for this episode. Thanks, Levi. Thank you. Thank you, Levi, for all the work you do yeah. on this. All right, everybody do the like and subscribe and share thing. Tell us what your favorite episode is. Yeah. Interact with our content. It, it really does mean a lot. And it, it helps us keep going. This is, you know, we're doing this shit on our nights and weekends. We're working hard. And we love feedback. You know, so it doesn't feel like we're just throwing this out into a void. Tell me something you didn't like. Do not tell Tim and Levi, but do tell me. Yeah, Nick tell me. Yeah, specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I'll I cannot it. handle your negative feedback. <laughs> no, I give uh, I give everybody enough negative feedback. <laughs> uh, but yes, and also send us your fan art. I'm very interested in people how they like visually see these characters. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.